You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Kim Grinnells of Dogman.com with Chris Fetter, Scott Eklund, and intern Josh Wodka, who we're just constantly going to call Vodka. But day two, <laughs> fall camp out on the shores of Lake Washington. Practice today was inside Husky Stadium. Uh, they, it looks like they sent the third teams over to the east field a little bit. But uh, unlike yesterday where we had some rain and wind and cold, uh, really picture-perfect day for football on the shores oh. of Lake Washington today. Perfect. I was talking to somebody on the sidelines, one of the – uh, media staff um, here at Washington, and he was talking about. He goes, "There is no other place with easier weather for us to play in yeah. in the country than here, because uh, just you know the climate here is just perfect for." 75 and you know not too bad well right now it's 66 degrees and it's sunny out yeah, with a little bit of a breeze so playing football you can't get much better than yeah. that but uh, they got the ice bath set out for the players and they did put those in the shade yeah they always do because they're sitting yeah so yeah no it's and the players don't like it but in the end they do they after you're out of them and you realize that what it's doing for your body it's good the freshmen don't like it alex cook says he's fine it's not that bad but anyways uh, i think big day for the quarterbacks today yeah um well one (laughs) one quarterback well big day maybe in the sense that you would think yeah not necessarily a big day yeah yeah uh Sam Heward had a pretty good day. I, I'd say it's one of his better practices. He doesn't look like a guy who doesn't know what he's doing anymore. He, he's he's reading things. He's making good throws. There's a few there's a few questionable passes here. He was picked off by Dominic Hampton um, and, and things like that. There were three pickoffs today, by the way. But um, you know, for the most part, I thought this is one of Sam Heward's best practices as a as a Husky. That interception by Dom Hampton. I'm not sure I'm going to put that on Sam Heward. Oh, absolutely. That, oh, yes, you are. I thought that. Yes, you are. Completely on. No, 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 I, I thought no, that no. was. I thought that was a fantastic it was, play. It was fantastic a fantastic play. play. Oh, it was a great drop. He, he dropped into depth, but he did it right, literally in front of Sam. Sam yeah. He was literally between Sam and the ball yeah. the whole time. No, that was a bad throw. Yeah. They're gonna. They're gonna. Go, when they go over the film with Sam Heward, they're gonna say you cannot make that throw. Period. But he made that one earlier, which we didn't. I mean, I thought it was pretty much the same throw that he completed on the sideline. Yeah, but he looped it. Yeah, right. He's, he he's got to line. acknowledge that 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 bracket is taking yeah. place. Yeah. But yeah. on the very next play, yeah. he throws a what fifty-five yard touchdown pass, whatever it was, yeah. to uh, Jalen McMillan, who beats Michelle Powell on single coverage and um, just laid it right in the bread basket, and you know, it was perfect. And um, you know, you can't ask for a better play than that. You know, it's just sometimes when we come out to these scrimmages, sometimes uh, scrimmages are designed to, you know, uh, benefit the offense, and other times they're made to de- benefit the defense. But, you know, we're hoping that at some point, I, I'm still convinced Michael Penix is going to be the starting quarterback, but I don't think any of the three so far have showed any separation. Yeah, well, Michael Penix had one of his worst practices yeah, as, a, yeah. as, a, as, a, as a Husky, and he still had some some good good throws and some good plays but he was missing guys left and right on air and you just can't do that it just can't happen i mean, i don't know about y'all but even in the the deep ball drills they were just going air just yeah. guy just running down the seam 
And, I mean, he was overthrowing most guys, not many completions. So, I mean, if you're looking at deep ball specifically, Heward's got, Heward's got that nicest touch on, the, on his balls, too. They're just lofting into guys' hands today. He was built out. I mean, he was helped by a couple of very nice catches. I think uh, Devin Culp, in particular, had one very nice, just like reaching hand, that was reached beautiful. out, made it very, made a very nice catch and got a deep completion there. But yeah, Hewitt's ball today was was very was very good compared to compared to his competition. And I, and I thought Dylan was just kind of so-so. I didn't think he was well, bad. To, I didn't think he was today good. seemed to be the day where the yeah. emphasis was on Penix and Hewitt. I expect that Don't Dylan's going to get a lot more reps tomorrow. Yeah. It's you know, Chris, you've been you know to so many football camps. You know, with Je- the way that Taylor Barton teaches quarterbacks to throw. But I think what's interesting about the three quarterbacks that Washington has is, you know, the Jeff Tedford, you know, keeping that ball by your ear and you know that quick release. But you take a look at these three quarterbacks, and they all have different throwing motions. They do, but I think at this point, when you go to college. I don't think the the quarterback coaches are going to mess with mechanics, mechanics too much. Right. Who who you are is who you are, and because the real you've upside been doing of doing it for fifteen years. Well, and also you wouldn't get recruited by that particular staff if they had a problem with your mechanics in high school. So yeah. if they so if yeah. they knew that it was something that they could live with, and they the, your upside was way more important than some sort of weird hitch or some sort of weird elongated throw instead of a tight whatever type spiral or holding it close like you were talking about, then they're going to live with that. Yeah, Sam tends to be, has the highest release. He's more over the top. Penix seems like he pushes the ball more. And Dylan uh, quite often is dropping down and throwing it sidearm. So three different styles, and they all seem to work for each one of those guys. They do, but, um, you know, again, I think with, with Penix, he's set a pretty good standard so far through April and then through these first two days. And, and I think today he, he dipped below his standard. Yeah, you know, but like I said, I still think that he's going to be the starter come uh, the first game of the season. But, uh, you know, uh, again, only day two, uh, a lot of things to see. But, you know, Scott, the offensive line looked like they struggled a little bit still today. Just continuing to struggle. Does um, that benefit the defensive line playing that well, the edges? I'd like to believe that, but I think some of it's just the poor play of the offensive line. Well, it goes back to Chris Peterson, right? If the edges and the defensive line are doing great, he's going to get all over the offensive line. If the offensive line is pushing guys around, he's going to get in the ear of the the front seven. So it's just, as a head coach, you're never going to be thrilled with one side of the line doing better than the other. But that being said, I noticed a couple times where Scott Huff was, was visibly like not thrilled with yeah. some, especially some of the run blocking that they were doing. I didn't notice it as much as you did, but was that coming from the ones, twos, threes, or everybody? All of them. Everyone, All yeah. of them. Yeah. The the edges were getting pressure on the quarterbacks constantly. I mean, you're talking. I mean, I I counted at least five sacks, but it, I'm sure there were more. Was that maybe have a little bit to do with Roger Rosengarden being over on the right side where he's not used to? Well, he's, u- possible, he's, he's used yeah. to it, but he's not used to going up against the ones all the time. And so, you know, guys like ZTF and those guys, they're really taking him to town, which good. it's going to make him yeah. great in the long run. But right now he's really going through some dog days and taking his lumps. But, again, that's how all those guys learn. They don't usually learn the easy way. You almost always have to learn the hard way on those things. Yeah, and, you know, we know what to expect out of, um, you know, Zion, but it sure seems to me where, you know, last year Jimmy Lake talked about uh, Braylon Trice being at a different place than um, 
Joe Tryon and being ahead of where Joe Tryon was at the same space, we didn't necessarily see it, but it sure looks like Braylon Trice as well as Jeremiah Martin have gone another step forward. Yeah, and I mean they've they did it during spring ball. They were the, they were the, with the number one edges in the spring ball, and they've continued to do that. I think Jeremiah Martin it looks really explosive. It was way more explosive than he looked uh, last year when we saw him in fall camp. He looks like he's just been unleashed to to rush the quarterback, and he's done a really good job of getting some pressure up the field and everything like that. Savelle is flashing quite a bit. I remember what was last year, people complaining because I wasn't mentioning Savelle Smalls. Well, it's because he wasn't doing anything. Guess what? He's doing stuff. He had a scoop and score today on a bad exchange. I mean, it wasn't like a uh, – he won the a thing. Pen- he Penix still paid the price. Yeah, for Penix did. Yeah, he was doing the the crawl uh, after practice. But um, yeah, I I just I've been impressed with Savelle. He looks thicker too. He looks a lot bigger than he had been. I don't know if you guys noticed this though, but we asked Abor about the the edge guys, and I asked Chuck Morell about the edge guys today. The other three guys get mentioned. Savelle doesn't get mentioned yeah. yet. I'm wondering what it's going to take for Savelle to get mentioned in that group because right now I almost feel like. Maybe it's some tough love from the coaches. Like, yeah, we're, he's doing good, but we can't pump him up. Really, yeah. we can't. We can't pump him up yet. We gotta. We gotta keep him going a little bit t- until we really elevate him to that to that standard that clearly they feel is being set by Martin and ZTF and Trice. He doesn't want his uh, scout to come up with the opposition. You know, mm-hmm. who's, who's number zero? We've yeah. never seen him before. But, yeah. uh, you know, Savelle's, you know, yeah, he looks like he's starting to get it a little bit, you know. And, Josh, you've been around athletics long enough. You know, back when you were a freshman and sophomore, by the time you were a junior and senior, you know, it, it's just so much different, and yeah. especially at this level. Yeah, I mean, it just comes with reps and comes with time. And, I mean, I think, I think one of the great things about this team is just, both the internal competition, but as well as they compete amongst themselves within their own position group. Like constantly guys are pushing one another like within, within their own position group to succeed. And they're always just communicating, learning different mechanics, talking about what worked on specific plays. So I think that's really important. And I mean, I, mean, I know talking to a couple guys today, they just talked about how the communication they feel like is at a different level this year compared to others. And they just feel like from all like throughout the entire program and from like the top down communication has just been so key even like in play and I just feel like so many guys just know like what they're supposed to be doing as well as what the entire unit is supposed to be doing which just helps with like cohesion and just getting in the right place at the right time. When we talk about some of these defensive players you know stepping up and I think the guy who's really flashed and you know he's probably after day two my vote for most improved player on the team right now and it's Jordan Perryman. I, I don't I don't know if I'd call him the most improved because I thought he was playing really well in spring ball. Um, I agree. I, I thought I. I mean, he had one of the. I've said from the beginning, I'd be shocked if he wasn't the starter at the the from the beginning. And when I may say beginning, I mean from when he committed. There, I saw no way that he wasn't going to be the starter at the University of Washington. I just he's a fresh uh, FCS All American. Um, a guy who can just has supreme confidence. He's got that long body. I said it in my write-up um, of the players that kind of stood out in the first day of practice, and I said that he's going to continue the trend of Huskies getting drafted in the NFL. I think as long as he's healthy, I don't see any way he doesn't get drafted with his his size, his physicality, what he likes to do. I just I think he's a, a draft choice. I think he I, he looks like an all-conference candidate to me. Yeah, but most improved, I would agree with Scott. I don't think he's most improved because I think 
he stepped up and kind of imposed himself from day one. The, the two guys that I would say most improved out of that, that cornerback group, Elijah Jackson, I think has shown up. Yeah. Although I don't know if there's something going on with his right hand or not. Um, he looked to shy away from it a little bit in individual drills. Looked like it had a little bit of a light, just mm-hmm. tape wrap. It wasn't, you know, didn't have a, yeah. you know, didn't have a club or anything like that. But um, and then the other guy, I think Devon Banks, just yeah. showing up with picks. He's being productive. Two picks and that's, so far. Yeah, and that's hard to ignore when when you're looking at that two deeps. Right now, he's in the second team, but if something happens, I I don't think those guys would have any any qualms putting him in the first team right now. And the thing of it is, with Elijah Jackson, I don't think we've seen the best of Elijah Jackson yet because he. We've just seen him cover, yeah. but he's a real physical corner. Yeah, he is definitely. He's got the size, got the mentality. He's he's a guy who's gonna he's gonna have a nice career at the University of Washington. Yeah, and speaking to him post practice, he knows his time is now. I mean, he watched Trent McDuffie and Kyler Gordon go through it. He knows the blueprint. He knows what's expected of the DBs that want to get uh, to the next level, and so he's ready to do what he needs to do and. Um, he's bided his time a little bit, but now he knows his time's now. Yeah, I, it's, the corners look fine. I think, you know, we're still a little unsure what that rotation with the safeties is going to be. I think, you know, uh, Cook is going to play quite a bit and Ace is going to play quite a bit, but we'll see how that rotation comes along. Yeah, yeah. Um, Dominic Hampton looks like, I mean, well, he and Cameron Fabi Kulanen both had spectacular interceptions. Cam Fab had a pick, yeah. That was unreal, yeah. the way he broke on that pass. He jumped in front of the receiver diving. Do you know, you know who it reminded me of? And, of course, you go back to the, to the Pac-12 title game, T-Rap. Oh, that just okay. looked like Taylor Rapp all okay. over again to me. All right. Well, what's so. funny is, you know, when um, Hampton was a freshman, you know, we looked at him and just how physical he was. And now he's not only physical with that size, he's put on muscle. I yeah. think he's got a chance to be something special. Oh, yeah, we've said that for a couple of years. I think so, too. I mean, he ran into that, that uh, penalty against Michigan and got in Jimmy Lake's doghouse last year. And it took him a while to get out, and then he was playing a lot toward the end of the year. And I think, I think the Husky position is made for, uh, and tailor made for him. Tell people what he looks like on the hoof. He's well. I said it in my write-up. He's the he's on the get off the bus first team. Mm-hmm. You know, you want that guy because he's about six two. He's about two hundred and fifteen, two hundred and twenty pounds, whatever he is. Runs really well, physical, plays with an attitude. Sculpted. Yeah, just. He's, he's impressive. He's a good-looking athlete. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way way for yourself at newbalance.com uh, just we had a chance to talk to some of the guys post practice anything jump out at you uh, any of you guys talking to the players after practice uh, yeah, I just I just thought it was funny because you know I made note of it um, during the Pac-12 media days when yeah, Alex Cook was down there with Jackson Kirkland and Alex talked about how he's having a baby with his girlfriend that's due mid-December and he's they're naming him Asa Mm-hmm. And so we were all like, of course, he's naming him after Asa Turner. And, of course, he mentioned how Asa is going to be the godfather and all that. Well, we asked him a little bit more about that today. He said that his girlfriend came up with the name Asa before. He never even mentioned Asa Turner. She's never met Asa Turner, mm-hmm. which is just amazing to me. Just the serendipity or coincidence—I don't know how you want to call it. Yeah, Asa, but, uh, Asa said, you know, because Asa is a name in the Bible, and you know, Asa is religious, and they're religious, so it just seemed a natural fit. Yeah, but I thought it was amazing that there was no 
kind of coordination before the fact. Um, so well, I thought that was the, thought really was interesting. As a guy who's, uh, you know, turned into a father seven years ago, I got a seven-year-old now, but um, I loved hearing Asa say, yeah, I'm going to be the godfather, and it's going to give me practice to help me for when I'm a father. And I'm just like, dude, no, you have no idea what he you're thinks in like, for. He thinks it's like getting a dog. Yeah, no, it's so, not. So, Josh, which one of the Dogman staff members are you going to name your first child after? I don't know, man. That's, 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 that's a hard one. Our, I, names I, are, our names are too common. <laughs> Kim's. For a for a man is not necessarily the most common, but yeah, Scott and Chris. Can, I mean, you can do way better. My, than my that. mom's name is Kim, so that yeah. so that may that may be able to run how, in the family. How cool but is your mom? My mom's very cool. There you go. Love your mom, <laughs> but uh, no, I also found it very interesting just the pride that Asa also took in taking that Godfather role, and I think that was just really that was really something cool that I that I saw personally, like just getting to know these guys and just getting started in this whole group. You could really see like with the passion in his voice and when he talked about taking on that Godfather role. How much just like the camaraderie and like the team shit, like how much team means to him, and just a lot of the guys like just talked about the family aspect of the team, and I think I think that's one of the things we can tip our cat to tip our cat to Coach DeBoer about, and how, and how he's creating these relationships and creating this family type environment. This is one of the first times we've talked to Asa, isn't it? Uh, I mean, because he was injured last. We he was spring. injured. We talked to him in spring. Yeah. Was, yeah, okay. I did. I don't remember. Okay. Yeah, and you know the thing of it is, when you take a look at him, he was such a highly recruited guy coming out of high school, mm-hmm. and the battle with Notre Dame towards the end was, you know, that was one of the all timers. But a lot of the players in the spring were saying that he was a guy that's really taking it to the next level. And I, you know, we may not be seeing it out there on these first two practices, but I think it's going to take for the pads to come on for us mm-hmm. to see it with him. Yeah, but one of his biggest struggles has been in run support and, and in coverage. So I mean, he's got a he had a long way to go. I hope he does because Washington needs a guy like him. I mean, he's talented. He just hasn't really shown it yet. And, um, you know, there's some there's some talent at that safety spot. I mean, Dom Hampton could even be a guy who drops back into the safety spot if if they aren't getting it done. So. And, and for those who've never, you know, stood next to Ace, uh, I always oh. say he's, he's, he's uh, built like Shane Palcoa. I mean, he's just really tall. He's really lean, and I call it muscle on bone. There's no fat to him yeah. whatsoever. Well, and there's no doubt. Like you look at Tristan Dunn, for instance. Not, he started to flash a little bit today yeah. from time to time. He made the first pass deflection, pass defense during some of the one-on-ones that were happening, and he's basically just a slightly taller version of Asa right now. Speaking of uh, number twelve on defense, number twelve on offense is won by another freshman. Yeah. Denzel Boston. Yeah. He had a little welcome to <laughs> yeah, college moment. Oh yeah, yeah I you did. I didn't see that. I didn't. Yeah, see yeah. That. He got. He kind of got oopsed by. Uh, was it Devon Devon Banks? Was it Banks? Yeah. Okay. And he. I don't think he took kindly to he it. Didn't. But it was he didn't. He kind of looked at him and he goes, "Yeah, all right." Yeah. You know. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> welcome to college football moments for us to see are the best, and not yeah. necessarily the funnest to go through, but uh, but uh, tough. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow, uh, pads. A uh, little bit of pads Shoulder go on. Pads. Shoulder pads. So today was a little bit more physical than yesterday and I expect tomorrow to be even more physical. A little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and I thought it was interesting. I talked to William Inge. We talked to both the defensive coordinators, him and Chuck Morrell, and I asked Inge because he mentioned how the, these coaches have really put it upon themselves to show the players what it's like to, to practice with energy and enthusiasm, being positive and all these things, and really setting the tone, setting the trend for everything that they need to do. So I asked him what it's like to have you know, Jamarcus Shepard on the other side and who, who brings more energy. And, of course, he goes, I, I bring the most energy. Are you kidding me? And then, but then he said, but it's great to have 
Coach Shepard on the other side because they're competing yeah. just like the players are competing. They're competing Speaking. with energy and enthusiasm and everything else. Speaking of Jamarcus Shepard, he was all over Jabez Tanay today. I mean, just working on him. But it was funny because you could tell that Jabez was starting to get a little down, and Jamarcus pulls him aside, gives him a pat on the helmet, and just says, "I." you could tell he was just saying, I know you can do this. Yeah. Just get out there and do it. Play like you can play. They've had Jamarcus Shepard mic'd up. I'd like to get the unedited version yeah. because I mean, he's, yeah, he's not he's not a big swear. No, he's not he a person. Just he just yells a lot. Uh, yeah. I, what he was saying out there to some of his wide receivers today: Would your mama be proud of this? He said "mama" about seven times out there. I don't, I don't know if you noticed though. There was a moment during some of the install where I think it was one of the walk-on receivers was I don't know if he was loafing or he was trying to get out of the way or something like that. And Ryan Grubb said, wake up. And he said it, you could have heard it over in Lake Washington. I mean, he just lit him up, like, real quick. And then, like, two seconds later, it was on to the next thing. So these guys have a tendency. I mean, if you need to get it snapped back into place, these guys will do it. They won't hesitate. Chris, we've been here since, you know, um, you know, uh, well, Jim Lambright. No, since Jim Lambright was here. And we've seen so many coaching staffs come through here. This just, to me, just seems like a really unique coaching staff where they just seem to be more high football IQs. They're not necessarily the yellers, the screamers. Um, they seem more like teachers and high football IQ. I think this may freak out some people, especially Seahawks fans, when I mention Russell Wilson. But Russell Wilson was known for that 1-0 mentality. He would always talk about his press conferences, win or lose, it's, it's 1-0, we're on to the next week, next week's a whole different thing, whatever. You can hear it out on the field, guys. When they hit one of those bombs for the touchdown, they came right back, and they're like, guys, we, we can't wrap. This, this rep Joe. matters. Yeah, was, yeah. This, and, and they were totally, they were like 1-0, 1-0, every play, 1-0, every play. Yeah, next and, play mentality. Yeah, and, sure. it was, and it was in full force. It was right out there for everyone to see today. And it was really impressive because these guys were scoring some touchdowns and making big plays, and these guys were like, it's over. It's mm-hmm. over. Next, mm-hmm. This play matters. Yeah. Speaking of, of uh, Jordan Perryman, when we were talking to him, he said um, he, he was asked by which of the wide receivers were impressing him, and he says all of them are impressing me, but he says I'm going to have to give it to Romo Dunsey because he's the one that got me today. Yeah. And he had that long pass for a, for a touchdown. Well, just and on that pass, uh, wait, uh, if Perryman was holding, Rome was pushing off, yeah. it should have been a flag thrown on both of them for all that fighting. One, that was it was one-on-one on on one crime yeah. is what it was. <laughs> yeah. That was one-on-one and one-one. That was yeah. an <laughs> assault in a phone booth, but <laughs> Dunsey wound up with the ball and going yeah. to the end zone with it. So, um, neck, No scrimmage. Uh, this week, I guess, the first scrimmage is a week from Saturday, which, tomorrow. of yeah. course, we don't get to watch. We don't get to watch. But uh, We're already a third of the way through the practices we get to watch yeah there we go <laughs> we've been into two it's flying it's by weird for us yeah it's very weird you know it just seems like Kalen DeBoer is such a nice guy we, if we ask him can we go to a couple more he might say yes well because even the practices that we haven't been able to watch and by and large we've still been able to watch at least like a half hour half hour, half hour. Yeah. um and then we have to go inside that would have been a, I've, I've got no problems with that but it's no practice well one thing I'll say is it makes it easier because you're not here for two hours 
Yeah, before. but you also don't necessarily. Do there's, there might be some things that you could ask about that you saw. Yeah. And, you know. I also, Jen Cohn was here today. I took a picture of it just in case anybody was wanting to make a big deal that the AD wasn't at practice today. Jen Cohn was indeed at practice well done, today. Well done, Tim. Well done. <laughs> uh, no recruits allowed. Anything with recruiting we need to update, Scott? Not right now. Not right now. I think there's going to be a commit to the University of Washington here in the next week or two. But yeah. we'll see. Yeah, just take a little bit of time and not a lot going on with that. But uh, I'll, t I'll tell you this. It, it sure looks like the coaches are FaceTiming recruits at the beginning of practice. Yep, they can do that. They can call and they can text. Yeah, so. it was it was Inge out there again today with the FaceTime. He's yelling at Kalen, come here, come here, come here, and hands the phone to Kalen, and they're laughing, talking. I'm sure it was a recruit yeah. they were FaceTiming with. So uh, final thoughts, Scott? Good second day. Um, it's fun watching these guys get out and do some work. It's going to be more fun tomorrow because there's going to be some shoulder pads. We'll see a little bit more in the run game. Um, we will get one day of padded practice, I think, right? Wednesday or Tuesday and Wednesday. Might, if it is Tuesday, practices. probably, if we're lucky. Yeah, so we'll see. But, um, no, that, I think they're progressing. I mean, it's hard to – it's two days of practice, and they're in shirts and shorts. So, you know, what can you take away from it other than what we saw and what we've told you guys about Josh, just final thoughts, and before you do that, you know, after day two, who's your favorite Dogman staff member so far? Oh, jeez. You already said it was me yesterday. I don't know why you're asking uh, I've, I've, been spending, I've been spending a lot of time with Scott in the stands, so we've got to know each other pretty well. But He likes country. <laughs> yeah. He likes country music. But, yeah, uh, final thoughts, just Sam Heward really impressed me today. Had a really nice day. Um, but besides that, yeah, just the energy and passion shown from the coaches to the players, it's contagious, and... I don't know. That's one thing I look for, especially early, is just people having fun playing the game of football because stuff like that can't be taught. Chris, final thoughts? Yeah, I'm just going to go bigger picture. Um, I should have said this yesterday, but it kind of skipped my, my mind. Um, it's just amazing to have football back the way it is, the way it's supposed to be. Um, the pandemic changed everything. Yeah. And even last year, there was that hate because, you know, the Pac-12 was the one conference where there was a potential that they may not play games early on. Yeah. Which, was, which is crazy in hindsight, but that, it, that tells you we were still dealing in fall camp with some weird things. We, were, we weren't necessarily getting to see these guys the way we would, we would normally. We didn't necessarily get to talk to them we would normally. Yeah, because they were just doing one or two guys. Right, and so now we're back to where we get to talk to a handful of guys. We get to talk to the coaches the way we normally would. It's just nice to be back and feeling like fall camp is fall camp again. When you're talking to guys and teammates are walking by and giving them a hard time. Yeah, screaming at them. That. Yeah, and screaming or at them. guys are cussing in the background as, yeah. as they got the videos yeah. running. And we everything. missed that. Yeah, so it, it just, like I said, I, that my, my thought is just it's so, I'm so happy to be back and feeling like we can handle practice like practice should be handled. And it's... Yeah. Long may it continue. Knock on wood. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, day two, and you know, the grind has begun. And you know, last year it just seemed like that grind uh, lasted into about the first week of June, where you know, usually we'd start winding down early May. But you know, the grind has started. The weather is still good out here, thank God. So that's going to change too. But it's just good to be around the guys. And like I said, just really impressed with the different types of personalities that we see on the staff. You know, um, we don't see guys getting lit up in. Such such a negative manner as we've seen in the past with previous coaching staffs but uh, good group of guys I think it's just really going to be interesting once the season starts to see some of these guys who really step up we haven't been able to see any contact yet so uh, that'll be the key um, so just a reminder 
uh, 50% off. When does that, how long does that run through, Chris? A couple more days. A couple more days. Yep. You know, just half off of your annual subscription to dogman.com. If you're a monthly subscriber, you can take advantage of that as well and upgrade. Okay. Uh, nobody's covering fall camp or the season as deep and uh, as often as we are. We're all over it. So you just make sure and, you know, if you're not a subscriber give us a look you'll have a seven day free trial before you're building you can cancel at any time also if you're looking for those regular updates as well as breaking news alerts just shoot us a note at huskystadium at gmail.com when we get commits we've already got stories written and we'll, we'll get that newsletter out to you asap and you can get that alert just again send us a note huskystadium at gmail.com with subject line newsletter um, and we will get you hooked up tomorrow practice again at 9 20 in the morning we'll all be well josh won't be here but uh hearing rumors that uh we may have a reappearance of jack may come in and cover for you on on um on sunday so we'll make sure and get a little bit more dirt on you uh, at that point in time and uh, we'll have fun with jack so for all of us at dogman.com i'm kim grinnells along with chris fetter scott eklund and josh watka go dogs Producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.